village I'm recording this in, the allotments at Marshfield in South Gloucestershire, you would have thought that Marshfield is named after a marsh, but nothing could be further from the truth. The southernmost village in the Cotswolds actually comes from the Anglo-Saxon word for a border, a march. And it was the border between Wessex on one side and Mercia, the Midlands, uh, on the other. And so what we have here is a village which is set fairly high. And so on a nice day like today, when you look around, you can see for miles and miles. But it's quite well sheltered. But beware if ever visiting our beautiful Marshfield. The next village across is called Cold Ashton. When there's snowy weather around, yep, we catch it. But generally, it really is a very beautiful place. And we're very lucky with the ground that we're growing vegetables in up here. It's very open, very friable nice and deep and brown and doesn't stick together. Now I know a lot of you listening uh, might be having to contend uh, with clay soil which does stick together but the key to that is just keep adding stuff. Uh, whether it's manure from the back of cows or whether it's compost from the back of the car. So today we're preparing a plastic raised bed. It's three by three and we've got 15 cloves of elephant garlic. Now, if you don't know what elephant garlic is, it's garlic, but bigger. And what you get are individual cloves, which are fairly large, about twice the size of a normal clove of garlic. I've got these from a Devon growers for next year's crop. Now, you have to understand that garlic spends a lot of time in the soil. It's mid-October now. It's still quite warm in England, and we've had a, a sunny spell as well. But garlic likes a touch of frost uh, early on in its growing life. We get them in now, but you don't harvest that garlic until July and August, depending on the weather, next year. So it's in the ground for a long time. We've prepared our raised bed and uh, we've put some uh, homegrown compost in it uh, from our local village of Marshfield. We went along to uh, a local growers and farmers market and they were selling compost. So we bought some. So we don't know what it's like, but it looks pretty good stuff. And now, Nathaniel, my son... Yeah, I'm going to spread some dried chicken poo evenly over the bed to just give the garlic a bit more growth. Now, the chicken poo we're using sounds disgusting if you're a brand new grower, but it's the pelleted dry stuff, which you can get from most uh, garden centres and uh, DIY stores. Nat has insisted on gloves because, as he says himself, uh, it's still poo. So, okay, then, Nat, let's spread some chicken manure on. So the pelleted manure. So he's got a couple of handfuls there. Just pop it on, and that should be plenty. Just spread nice and evenly. Uh, on the top. Now, I never worry about uh, digging it in because when you put what you're planting in there, you're going to be digging it in anyway and it's going to be watered in over the months. So, but we've got our elephant garlic. Uh, in three by three, we're going to plant nine plants. Uh, the television experts say you should leave uh, quite a bit of space between them, so that's what we're going to do this year. We grew it last year uh, and it was fairly successful. We don't get anything like the size of crop as you see the experts getting you know these cloves of garlic which are you know they can hardly hold in their hand but it is a nice garlic it's nice to have at home Uh, and Freya you also uh, learned uh, on YouTube didn't you how to plat garlic as well how did that go? I did, yes. It was quite tricky because the stalks, when they've dried out, are not very flexible. But if you uh, stick with it, you can do it. It's just like plaiting hair, really, to be honest. The only thing I'd suggest is that you do it outside on a dry day or 
in your garage or sh- or a shed because it can be a bit messy. The stalks kind of tend to break off and just create a little bit of mess, but it's really good fun. And then when you hang it up, it looks really professional, like you see on the telly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we've spread uh, the elephant garlic out. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to plant it uh, really as deep as we can in this uh, raised bed, which isn't hugely deep, but we're going to get it down uh, as far as it will go. That does two things. Protects it from the really severe cold in the middle of winter come uh, December, January and February. We will mulch it as well. Now, last year, I must tell you about this, we mulched our elephant garlic, having seen something on the TV, saying you can use grass clippings. Well, we use grass clippings. What they don't tell you is your grass clippings have probably got grass seed in it. And so what we actually had is garlic and grass growing in the raised bed. So this year, we're going to be mulching it with leaves that fall in autumn, or if you're in America, in fall. Okay, let's get going and let's get planting. Now, while Nat is watering in our elephant garlic, which has been planted, as I say, in a three by three raised bed with compost in it and uh, some uh, chicken pelleted uh, manure, which is nice and clean and easy to handle, uh, we've got nine cloves uh, in each one. Uh, now, a, a word of warning to you and something especially uh, for new gardeners or vegetable growers, but it's happened to us all, is labelling. Once you've got something in, you think you're going to remember forever what you've got in and where it is not the case make sure you label everything but some things to avoid because we're working outside number one the sort of pin you use yes as we've learned to our cost particularly mine you must use a permanent marker i know it sounds obvious but you know you grab the pen out of the drawer and you think that'll be fine and then when you come to harvest you suddenly realize that all that lovely neat writing that you put on your markers is washed away in the months that you've spent since you planted it and you have no idea what you have got in your raised bed so it's a bit of a guessing game so definitely recommend a sharpie permanent marker and remember if it doesn't say permanent marker on it it isn't Uh, nat my son is with me as well another one from the good and life Uh, and also uh, about the labels uh, at nat these ones seem rather large why do we use big ones uh, on the allotment well, then they're easier to see, and also you're, so you're less likely to step on them, and then they'll break. And also, it's just easier to write on them as well. So our elephant garlic is in, but we've got a little bit of space left in one of the raised beds. And we have a a little motto when we're uh, up here in our allotment uh, vegetable garden is whenever we visit, even if you're doing a boring, tidying job, always plant something. And that way you get a real sense of achievement. So what we've decided to do uh, with the elephant garlic, which has been planted, is in a little bit of raised bed, which is available, uh, we're going to plant some winter lettuce. What sort of winter lettuce is it? Freya that you've got there in the packet. So I'm using Winter Imperial which is says it's very hardy. I grew this as an experiment last year really. We popped a few seeds in at the last minute just because we wanted to plant something and they take a long time to grow but it means you've got lettuce really early in the season when perhaps you might not have got your other crops through yet so it's worth a little bit of space. And there's nothing nicer, is there, than once you've got through a nasty winter of seeing these green shoots and actually harvesting something early on, something you can eat. 
Yeah, and these days with the weather being so upside down, quite often in the early spring, we get some really warm weather and uh, it just feels really rewarding to come up and pick some of your own lettuce and eat it for your tea. And here in the uh, southernmost village of the Cotswolds, we do catch it. Winter can be fairly harsh, with temperatures uh, getting down on really frosty cold nights in February, down to about minus 12 or 13. So we do have to plant hardy varieties. This is the Grow, Mow and Ho Show. My name's Keith Gooden, and I suppose you could call this programme The Gooden Life, uh, because it's me, uh, there's my wife Freya. Hello. And my son Nathaniel. Hello. We're down at our strawberry bed today. Now, as part of our allotment holding, we've got a couple of large raised beds. Uh, This one, I suppose, uh, is about maybe just shy of 20 feet by about five feet so they're quite big but quite shallow only about 18 inches deep uh, what we uh, started to do was just have a few strawberries here and there my wife Freya is a strawberry demon it now appears that one whole raised bed is practically devoted to strawberries and how did that happen uh, by accident really I know you don't believe me but it was um, we just kind of kept planting some of the runners that we produced and before we knew it the whole bed was full of strawberries. Just before we knew it. In fact, I'm looking down at the ground and I think I can see some strawberry plants which have crawled out of the raised bed and are making their way across the road. And I'm not joking. It's the truth. And so what we've got here is a raised bed which is full of a couple of hundred strawberry plants. But I don't know whether you knew this, but strawberry plants only last two or three years before they give up the ghost. And they'll still keep growing, but they won't produce strawberries. So we're going to take out about three feet long of some of the old plants and then replace that once we've fed the soil with some uh, of the new runners. Now, Again, I don't know whether you know this, but strawberry plants create free plants. Once they've fruited, you'll see these little stems poking out. And on the end, what looks like a little plant, well, it is a little plant. And if you plant that in some soil, it will grow into a new strawberry plant. So really, once you've got your 24 or 34 uh, strawberries, you don't have to buy any more. So are you ready? Let's get digging. Now, are you going to do the digging and get rid of these uh, strawberry plants for me? Looks like it. Well, these are damn sight stronger than I am. So uh, get your muscles ready. All right. Get going. So Nat, you've bent a bit of back and used a bit of muscle and what have you done? I've taken out all the cooch grass which has been growing in there which have very strong roots so you need to use the fork for that to actually have any hope of getting it out. And I've taken out all the stra- the old strawberries which are just, you know, a bit dead and won't produce much fruit this year anyway. Yeah, and the thing is you can always tell the old strawberries uh, because they've got big sort of hard uh, crusty roots on them. Uh, so if you're in doubt, am I taking out something which is going to fruit for me uh, next spring and summer or am I uh, taking out something which is old? Generally bigger, thicker, older, crustier, a bit like people. Now the runners, as I was explaining before, they pop out of the side of the strawberry plant after it's fruited. And what happens is on the end is a little mini plant. What you can do with these is 
pop that mini plant in a pot uh, because it's attached to the main plant by a sort of umbilical cord. When you've been doing a job like we've been doing here, uh, we've taken out some uh, old plants and also the runners. And, and those, some of those runners have developed out of soil, out of compost, into really healthy plants with roots, haven't they, Freya? So you're looking forward to your strawberries next spring, summer? Definitely am, yeah. Then the um, the newer the plants, they tend to be, the fruit tends to be much juicier and tastier. So what are you going to do now? We've cleared the area on the raised bed, about three foot by three foot. What are we going to do uh, with the runners that we planted uh, late in summer? Yes, so while Nat was digging out the old strawberries, I was going around with a pair of secateurs and just clipping them away from the little umbilical cord that they were attached to the original plants with. So we're now left with little pots of strawberries to pop into our newly prepared area of the raised beds. And it's autumn now and there's a good reason for us doing it at this time of year isn't it because even though winter's coming and it's harsh it does mean that the plants can establish. Yeah that's right I mean as you can probably tell that you know in October it's still quite warm we're in t-shirts so the roots will get a chance to bed into the nice warm soil before the harsh winter comes along and that gives them a head start for the spring. Yeah, when they wake up, they're ready to start flowering and in summer start fruiting. And there really is nothing like an English strawberry in July. So the strawberry runners are in and looking good uh, for next spring. What, what sort of crop do you get off uh, the amount of uh, strawberries we've got in, which is about four foot wide by about 10, 15 foot long? With the amount of strawberries that we've got, we can pick enough for us to eat as a dessert for our tea for three of us on a regular basis, once a week, twice a week. And sometimes in the height of summer, when we've got lots of strawberries, I'll make a little strawberry puree or something like that to use up the glut that we've got. Or some of your award-winning strawberry jam. Yeah, there's the strawberry jam too, which is delicious. Next week, we're going to be talking about our Brussels sprouts, which are growing quite nicely in the bottom of the raised beds for uh, our Christmas dinner. Now, we've uh, tried them in the raised beds for the first time this year, so you'll be able to find out how uh, we got on. And also, we'll be preparing some beds to overwinter and uh, cover up. Nat will be helping with that. Looking forward to the digging, Nat? Yeah, so much fun. So we'll try and leave you every week uh, here on the Grow, Mow and Ho show uh, with a little bit of a joke. So if you're a vegetable grower, uh, what do you use in order to hear the pests coming? I don't know. What do you use to hear the pests coming? Allotment ears. Oh.